morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. How is everybody doing today? Uh, honestly, after Shireen got finished, I was like, man, let's just have an altar call. <laughs> let's do this. Make, make my job easier. Um, man, I, I don't know about you, but it just felt different in here today. Um, I normally come up here all jokey and have a good time and um, try to take the pressure off, but man, God was moving in a special way this morning. It just something about it just felt different. Um, I know God's here today, and like Shireen said, man, God wants to love on you. God loves us so much, and over there, he's just pounding on my heart, man, you, I don't deserve to be up here. I have no right to be up here, but man, God loves me so much, he pulled me out of a place, and God, because of his mercy, because of his mercy, because of his mercy, I even get to walk through these doors. I've shared my testimony before, and like I said, God's grace is so amazing. Um, and we just got through with uh, 21 days of prayer back in January, and if you weren't a part of it, I urge you, August is coming up, not like right around the corner, but it's coming up, it'll be here, and when it does, we're going to do 21 days of prayer again, and if you haven't experienced it, 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 it is an opportunity to be life-changing, um, for you, and uh, this 21 days of prayer was amazing, and I, I got the opportunity to, to share um, what God was saying around uh, a couple of the devotions, and he's just been kind of continued to talk to me since, and uh, man, like I say, he's just showing me his love. He's just showing me, his. speaking of love, how was Valentine's Day for everybody? Did you not get what you wanted? Did they, or did they forget? <laughs> My daughter got surprised. I showed up to her school um, for lunch, and just the joy that I could see on her face, um, the daddy showed up with Whataburger only because Wingstop wasn't open yet. Um, yeah, so it's, it's Wingstop or Whataburger. So showed up, and I got to love on my little girl. And uh, highlight of my day, highlight of my week. Um, precious, beautiful little girl, and I, I, I got to love on her, and it, it was fantastic. And um, God does that for us all day, every day. He just pops up out of nowhere and surprises us and, and, and just gives us a, 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 little bit of, a little bit of love that, you know, it just, it's amazing. And uh, my definition of love based off of how, you know, I love my little girl or my children is, is pretty up there. My parents, on the other hand, see whenever I can't stand my children. But you all see the fake side of me that comes and I love on them in front of you so I can go home and beat them all day. And <laughs> I, I love my children and um, there's absolutely nothing I wouldn't do for them. But that is minuscule to God's love for us. It is so minuscule. 
God's talking to Peter. We all know Peter, the disciple. We love Peter. Peter was a man. It's awesome. He was, he, was a, he was a man's man. He was he was something else. God's talking to Peter and he asks him, Do you burn with love for me? Are you so passionate about me that you fear being without me? Is what he's asking. Do you love me, Peter? Are you burning? Are you so in awe of me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Have you ever, um, have you ever, I hope everybody has, during the winter, whenever it's cold, we don't get that often here, but the one time that you got to make a fire this year, have you ever just, you light it up and you, you love to just sit, sit near enough that you feel its warmth, you hear the crackling, you just stare off into it, see the different colors depending on how hot it's burning, and you just, you find yourself, I mean, even if you just made the fire, if you're a guy and you got the fire going, you're like, yeah, buddy, mm, baby, bring my coffee. And you just stand there, man, and you're just, for one, you're just proud of yourself for, for getting it going, even if you used butane or gasoline or whatever you use, but you're so proud of this, what you just did. And you, you get lost in it, and you're just, man, you're just lost in the moment, staring at this beautiful flame. You feel it, you see it, you hear it, and you're just, man, you're just in it. You're just there. You're stuck. And it, it takes you consciously having to say, okay, and walk away from it, or somebody coming and interrupting it. But it takes effort to get out of that. Are you so in awe of me, Peter, that nothing can pull you away from me? Are you so in awe? Are you stuck in me so much that it takes effort to get away from me? Do you fear being without me? Feed my sheep. Love on mine the way that I love on mine. Now we can, well, um, I actually want to go ahead and bring up 1 Corinthians 13. In essence, what he's asking Peter in this moment is, identify me, identify yourself with my interest in other people. Pastor has been talking about this. Every time we have a meeting, you hear this question. Identify yourself with my interest in other people, not identify me with your interest in other people. If we could go ahead and bring up 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to read this in order. I'm actually, for some reason, God decided to give it to me in a, you know, out of order. So we're going to jump to verse 4. You're welcome to read along. You don't have to. But verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving, 
It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. And then jump into verse 13. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, love, let love be the beauty's beautiful prize for which you run. That is the scripture's definition of love. I'm not even going to give you Webster's. It doesn't matter. Webster's was created well after this definition of love. This is the true definition of love, what we're reading here in 1 Corinthians. Now, all of that being said, all how, how much God loves and all the, the, there being no conditions to it at all, no matter what, love prevails. Now I want to read the first part of that. So verse 1, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to the, be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. All of what we go around on a day, man, every time I see a homeless person, first thing he goes, oh, man, I, I want to give them something. Too bad I don't carry cash. Fortunate for me, unfortunate for them. But the, our perspective of love, I mean, it, it's right there. It, if I'm to give a homeless man some money, to me that says, man, I love you. I'm sorry you're where you are. No, because if I don't do it with God's love, it means absolutely nothing. All it means is he has $20 to do what he wants with it, and I have $20 less to do what I want with it. That's literally, or I have $20 less to give to exactly who God wanted me to give it to because usually I'm doing that in my own flesh. I'm doing that because, oh, man, I want to feel good about myself. I've had a rough day. Let's go ahead and give myself a high. I'm, I'm going to do a good deed. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to make myself feel good. Have you ever gone back? Who, who, has any, does anybody know what the, you don't have to answer this. I don't expect somebody to shout it out. 1 Corinthians 12, the very last verse in 1 in Corinthians 12 says, before he goes on to this to explain to us what God's love is like, it says, and now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison. You want to live a superior life? Love like this. You want to live beyond the norm? Love like this. Again, God's showing us how he loves. He's talking about how he loves. The true test of my love for Jesus is a very practical one, and all the rest is just self-indulgent talk. 
Faithfulness to Jesus Christ is the supernatural work of redemption, our restored identity that has been performed in me by the Holy Spirit. Our restored identity in Christ is the evidence of the love of God being poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Twice in there, your identity is only through the Holy Spirit. Your true identity that's restored to you is only through the Holy Spirit. You can, it's not something that you can just do good deeds and receive. You can, you can never be good enough to, that your identity just starts to pour out. You know, I, me, Dathan, I, um, I identify as well, father, which I am. But I identify like if you ask me, what do you do? Well, man, I love to have a good time. Uh, I love to golf. I love to play basketball. I love softball, baseball, football. I love sports. I love the outdoors. You, I identify to these things, which none of which God has said about me. You know, if, if you, which one of these? I identify as a golfer. I love golf. Um, I spend a lot of years playing, teaching, um, building um, messing my golf game up, um, getting beat up on by other golfers, beating up on a few golfers, enjoying, enjoying time with my father. That's our getaway. We go and we love to play golf together. We identify partially as golfers. We're not great. We're okay. But that's just what we identify as, partially. Again, th- dad knows exactly who he is. I am still working on that. God is... He's showing me every day. But your true identity, who God says you are, is discovered through the Holy Spirit and only by the Holy Spirit. It says in Romans, truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. And then the Hebrews says, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God, for we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Can love exist without faith and hope? As we read in 1 Corinthians, it says faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest is love. Can love really exist? Tell me, husbands... Wives, anybody in a relationship, when, when you first meet someone, for one, you hope if you give them the number, they call you. So th- there's already, there's, there's hope there that, that it helps you develop into this love, but you have this hope, oh, you know, of what the future might look like, and, and, and you trust them. You have this great faith, and anything they say to you is truth until they don't. Then what happens? I mean, what happens the first time you found something out? Just a secret. They didn't even lie to you. The first time you find something out that was just, it was hidden from you. That's all. Just, oh, you hit that. Oh, you know, I found this out. All of a sudden, that trust and that faith in them kind of declines a little bit. The, the hope that you used to have slowly starts to fade. And without that, the love cannot exist. You realize, oh my goodness, my love is conditional. 
And really what I had for this person was a good feeling towards, in a moment. You know, because now, I mean, this is stepping on toes. But there's a little, I don't mean this harshly, but most marriages are marriages with good intentions and bad intentions. I feel good about you right now. I don't feel good about you right now because you didn't do this for me. Oh, thank you for the flowers. Things are great. You forgot the flowers. Things aren't great. So in reality, that love is conditional. However, the definition of love in the scripture is that there is no condition to it. So are we really loving? Are we just having good feelings towards someone? so quiet in here. Everybody just close your eyes, walk out, and listen to me from out there. That's what it means. <laughs> the key to our loyalty and love is that we are attached to nothing and to no one except Jesus alone. It doesn't mean being detached from the external things surrounding us. Our Lord was amazingly in touch with the ordinary things of life, but he had a separate inner mission focused on his fellowship in the Spirit. God was speaking to an educated man regarding love, regarding the commandments more specifically. And this is, this is kind of a tendency that, that we stick to is love your neighbor as yourself. And Lucas says, the religious scholar answered, it states you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and your every thought, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. So for the most part, when we're, it's, it's kind of easy to love someone like we love us. It's, it's, it's attainable at least. You can wrap your mind around loving someone like you love yourself. Because you're like, okay, well, man, I want a new car. I'll give somebody else a new car. And that, that's, a, that's a big act of love. Don't go buying people cars. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that, that's pretty huge. We can wrap our minds around how to love someone like ourself. But then he says, I have a new commandment for you, to love one another as I have loved you. Now, <laughs> what does that look like? Well, we just read it in 1 Corinthians. More importantly, I think most of us here have experienced it on one level or another. We, like I said, being here today is, is only by God. And if, if you knew where I've come from, if you knew where I'd been, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've been... I grew up in church. I was dedicated early in life. Um, my father was outreach director while I was a chi young child, and then we moved here when I was eight. We've been here for 31 years now. And um, so I've, I've been in it. But I never really had it. You know, I was in it, but it wasn't a part of me. I identified as something totally different. I went and did my own thing, had my fun, and God's mercy and love 
I mean, regardless of what I had, regardless of what I've done, regardless of who I've hurt, regardless of who I've let down, regardless of being a disappointment to my parents, whether or not they said it out loud, they continued to show me love. And, and that love is a fraction of the love that God showed me. Man, I, I, am, I am so blessed to have my father and mother as parents. Um, that's a big part of why I'm here today as well. God put them in my life because he loved me so much. I remember the first time I saw my little girl. I was 11 days from being 31 years old when my daughter was born. I promised if I didn't have kids by 30, wouldn't have kids. And God loved me enough and loved my daughter enough to put her in my life 11 days prior to that because who knows what would have happened. But the day that she came, I, if you don't know me at all either, I, I, wanted, kids, I wanted kids very young in life. Um, my brother got kids early in life. I wanted kids early in life. Grow up with them, play sports with them, get old when they're out of the house. And uh, when my daughter finally came, I call her my little miracle baby. Um, tried and tried and she finally showed up. But the day as a parent, if all parents can relate to this. The day you saw your little one for the first time, especially daddies to daughters, and the first time they come out, just this overwhelming joy and love for something so precious. It's a part of you, man. God gave me my little princess. And I cried and I laughed and I loved on her. And in that moment, I could see every good thing in her life. There was nothing that I could see that was negative about her, not even that one little toe that she has on her right foot that likes to sag up under the other one. I, there, there was nothing wrong with her. She is perfection. I could see her first birthday. I could see her graduating kindergarten. I could see her graduating first grade, third grade, fourth grade, the way we do as parents. I could see her graduating high school getting an education, getting married, having grandchildren. Her whole life just, bam, in an instant before me. And not one thing in it. I didn't imagine her first cut. I didn't imagine her fall. I didn't imagine all the pain and heartache that she's going to go through because all I could see was all the wonderful things that God had planned for her or I had planned for her. That's exactly how God is towards us. We are the ones who get in the way. We're the ones who hold on to the guilt and the shame. And when we're walking and we fall, oh, he is so excited about us getting back up. He is so excited about us being there, he's excited about getting to wrap his arms around us. God's love for us is so unbelievable. 
Do you love me? He's asking the way that I love you. The way that I love you is how I want you to love my treasure. Pastor says this all the time. Each of you are treasure. Take all the conditions off of what anybody's ever done. You know, it's, well, God, uh, they did me dirty. They did me wrong. They did so-and-so wrong. I, I can't. I can't. I put conditions on it. Well, if you're not full of his spirit, is it possible to love? If you love me, you will love them. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you are so passionately in awe of me, feed my sheep. If you are full of his spirit, is it possible to not love that person? That person that's done you wrong. If God's spirit is all over you, can you see what you think you see? Can you see the negative in somebody who's who's mistreated you, who's mistreated somebody else? Can you see it when you are full of his spirit? I'm sure you can see it when you're not full of his spirit. Is it true to say that when you hear God and give what he is saying to someone else, is that love? then if you don't give it away, what is that? God's been talking to me about this for about six weeks, five or six weeks. And I have been fighting and fighting and had every excuse of why not to get up here and give away what God has put in my spirit, what God has given to me. And I have been rejecting him, not rejecting you. I've been rejecting God. We're rejecting him when we decide, you know what, God? Thank you for that. I'm going to hang on to it. You know, I don't want to look like a fool. I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, the persecution that I'm going to put up. Have you ever really read through the, what God was talking to Peter after he was telling him, do you love me, feed my sheep? He goes on and he's asking him, do you love me to the point that regardless of this life, Peter, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, it's going to be a rough life. You're going to have a very painful, unpleasant death. But do you love me and do you burn with passion enough for me that you're willing to go through that. Do you love me enough to give me away regardless of what they're going to say about you? He's asking me that. Regardless of what you're going to look like up there, are you going to love me? Do you love me enough to give me away? I have to be honest with you all. It's not in me to be up here, and I would much rather do this one-on-one. I would rather spend my entire week meeting with every one of you on a one-in-one luncheon, breakfast, dinner, pancakes at 2 a.m. I don't care. I would much rather do that than do this, but that's not what he's asking. 
And I have been deliberately saying, turning my back to God, pushing him away, saying I love you, but not showing that I love him. We have a tendency to be more open with individuals that fall within our stipulations, you know, fall within our parameters of I can, I can love on you because you fit in my box. And then we, you know, we'll avoid the rest. We'll, we'll push them to the side. Rejecting God. Thinking that, you know, oh, that's God's judgment. God, God would. God, no. It would just, again, we read it in 1 Corinthians 13. We need to learn to hate what God hates and love what God loves. You are each treasure, every one of you. Everyone that you come into contact with is treasure, and God doesn't hate his treasure. You know, the community that I live in, th this is what this would be like, refusing a person, hating a person and not what God hates, what happened, this is what that is like. This is a very minor illustration, but I have it, and it's, it's, it's semi-comical as well. The community that I live in, there were some children riding their bikes around and did some vandalizing. Got an email that said, if these are your children, please come to the office. I'd love to meet with you. This can't be happening. Well, it happened again. Another email goes out. Children on the bikes are vandalizing. So, no more bike riding in the community. So, the children vandalizing was because of bike riding. So, we're not going to bike ride in the community anymore. And immediately my thought is, okay, well, what about the, all the cars that were being broken into? And, you know, the guy that ran in with Adidas on, are we going to... Ban Adidas from walking in the community now because Adidas are the cause of cars being broken into. It makes absolutely no sense. So that's when we treat someone like that, that's basically, you know what? It's your fault. It's because of you that this happened. When in reality, God's saying, this, you're missing the point. This is what I hate. I love on my treasure. I love on that individual. We need to start seeing the treasure in every individual. Do you love me regardless of what has been done, regardless of what you think, regardless of the persecution that you're going to receive? Do you love me enough to love on my sheep? I want to be able to say yes. You can only do that, again, through the Spirit. And how, how do I love on someone? Is, is pleasing someone loving someone? 
No. In fact, Jesus rebuking his disciples, that, that's love. Man, me, me getting disciplined by my, well, both my parents. My mom was a phenomenal discipliner. Woo! So my mom's had arthritis since the day I was born. Um, I'm going to blame it on me. My mom found it, well, it was triggered due to my birth. That's the kind of effect I have on people. <laughs> I came into this world delivering pain. So she paid me back for a while. But so my mother, I mean, my dad can, when I was, he can give a, he can give a whooping. He hasn't in, it's been 22 years. That means I got a whooping when I was, ah, it's been 23 years. I got a whooping at 16. That was my last one. Thank you, Jesus. But I mean, like, who whips their 16-year-olds these days? Eh? Awesome. I feel bad about whipping my 8-year-old. But my, so my dad, he can give a whooping. My mother, on the other hand, she doesn't have the force with her. She's not a Jedi. She, but she can figure out a way to get your attention. And usually it was bare butt. Uh, yeah, she'd strip naked. Get all your clothes off. But mom, it's just something about, I don't care. Just in case you're jumping in, I want to make sure I hit something that's skin. I want your nerves to feel it. No lie. No lie. But I needed it. Hey, I'm here today. Because of that. You know? I won't talk about the other thing. I don't want CPS called. We'll leave the other ones alone. My parents are great parents. Um, anybody who works for CPS is watching today. They're phenomenal. I've never had a spank in my life. I only love when I refer to spanks, it means give you a lollipop. Great. But I'm here. That was love. As much as I hate to say it, that was love. It was mercy. Thank you. <laughs> Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you know what love is? Uh -uh. Love is unquestioning and complete obedience to God. That is it. That's showing love. Love sometimes is wrapping your arms around somebody. Love sometimes is thumping them in the forehead. You know, with the right spirit. And I'll get into that in a moment. But sometimes love doesn't look like we perceive love to be. God has boundaries. There are boundaries. This is how you know the difference between what, but the unquestionable and complete obedience. This is fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Again, your identity is restored only through the Holy Spirit, your true identity. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, 
kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of the spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Zero limit to it. There is no limit to these fruits of the spirit of love. Arrogance, superiority, and pride are the fruits of sin. Do you love me enough to overlook the pain and the hurt that it's going to cause you to be obedient to me and feed my sheep? Do you love what I love? Does anybody here think that God doesn't love anyone else? We all know where we've come from. We all know our own backgrounds. We know what we've done. And we'll compare it to other people's to try to figure out how much more God loves us than the other. Or, you know, we'll probably throw ourselves in this lower spot and condemn ourselves. And that's where we get that guilt and shame from. But if you, if you weren't feeling loved on by God during that third song, if you weren't in that moment feeling, oh my God, I don't. I don't deserve to be here right now, God. You are so, so merciful and so loving. You know he does that just because. You did nothing to deserve it. God loves you just because. Before you were created, before this world was created, he was already thinking about you. Again, not us. He was thinking about you. I, I want you to experience this on an individual level, exactly how he was experiencing it. He, he wasn't thinking about New Life Fellowship. He was thinking about Tiki, Amy, Shireen, Dan, Nathan, Wanda. He was thinking about a person not a group. This is extremely personal to him. He wants a relationship with you. God doesn't want to be up here on stage and just say, you know what, I love you guys. Y'all have a good day. See you back here next week. No, he is having a moment with each and every one of you on a very individual basis. God wants a relationship with you. And he wants us to love like that. He wants us to love like he, he is showing us. He's asking us, do you love me? Then love like I love. I had a conversation with a friend not too long ago. It was actually before I was given this devotional for 21 days of prayer. And again, this is a small example, but it's a fairly new relationship with this friend. I asked his permission to talk about him. So Nick, if you're watching, which I believe you're out having lunch with your family right now, but I have this buddy named Nick. Um, my father and I met him on a golf course surprise. And uh, instantly, there was, there was just this unique connection with this young man. He's my age. Um, he's got a 
beautiful family, his wife and an eight-year-old daughter as well. They moved here from Seattle three weeks to the day that my father and I met him. And uh, he showed up last minute to the golf course. And we're and just a fun, charismatic young man. And uh, we started playing golf every single week. He got his phone number. He lives on the wrong side of town because we know Jesus is over here. He lives on the wrong side. So he is trying to figure out how to get over here. He lives on the west side. And he drives to Olympia. He drives from SeaWorld to Olympia Hills every Monday to hang out with my father and I and play golf. And that's, he's looking forward to Monday mornings. He's texting me Tuesday morning after Monday. We're good for next week. Well, so we've, we've developed a relationship um, over the past couple months. And uh, I am in the process of trying to get in the flow and hear Jesus. And I'm trying my best to perform. And God, you know what? I'm going to give you this time because after this time, I've got to do this, this, and this. So I'm really trying to, I'm trying to utilize my time as best possible. And so I'm, I'm studying. I get a text from this young man. Hey, man, what are you up to? And uh, I quickly respond in a way that says, hey, this is what I'm doing, but you're a distraction. And uh, I was like, man, I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to get focused around speaking tonight. I got, uh, we have 21 days of prayer and I'm um, just trying to hear God around what he's saying to me and kind of take myself out of it. And he goes, oh, that's cool. How do you do that? <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about this um, Friday after I do it. And, the, and then we have all the time in the world, man. I, I, I respond, that's a fantastic question. And then I was like, oh my God, this is going to take some time. No, deleted it, cleared it out. Those of you who were here at 21 Days of Prayer, you heard the story. And something just kind of, you know what, no, hey, don't, don't pass up this opportunity. You, you, you know that's my favorite son. You know my treasure is my favorite. Every one of you are God's favorite child. There's not one here greater than the other. There's not one here less than the other. Each of you are his very favorite. God said, that's my favorite son. <laughs> but let's develop that relationship a little more. So I began to tell him, I was like, man, that's a fantastic question. Got ready. I'm sure he saw dots for a while because I'm trying to put this. If, again, if you saw my notes, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, how do, you, how do you do that? My thoughts are so sporadic and all over the place. I, I'm a dog with 15 favorite tennis balls. That's me. You, you want to talk about something? No, we're going to talk about everything. So I'm trying to put this together. I was like, man, I, 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 it's hard to explain, but have you ever kind of battled within yourself about something? Just It's kind of inner, I don't know, thought, feeling, voice. Just, we all hear God in different ways. But you've battled with yourself around something, whether good or bad, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you just get this peace. 
again, in your stomach, in your head, in your heart, you just, you just like, ah, oh, man, I know it's going to be okay. And, and, and you make the decision based off of that peace that's just in you. I said, that, that's, that's how I do it. That's where I get my I trust in him. I just have it. You know what? I'm going to look like an idiot. This is probably not what I'm supposed to say, but for some weird reason, I'm okay with it. There's peace. I was like, so I, I'll pray to God around something, and then that's, that's, all, that's all the way I can explain it, man. I don't know how else. See why I wanted to do this later? I was like, I don't always succeed with it, but thankfully we have a gracious, patient father, and, and he's okay with me messing up because he's going to use that. God doesn't make every situation happen, but God does use every situation for good. He doesn't put you in the circumstances that you're in, but he will sure as heck use it. We get ourselves into a lot of trouble, but man, is he supernatural and taking it and turning something so messed up into something so worth having gone through it. I started telling him, I was like, you know what? Us having this conversation has actually given me clarity on what God wants to talk about because he's talking about loving others and taking the time. If you love me, then you'll love them. And, and I was like, man, just talking to you, you're just, oh, you're, you're giving me so much in just this little, that question allowed God in. He's like, man, isn't that awesome? And then I, I was like, dang it, now I'm all, I, I got emotional, honestly, in the middle of texting it, I'm crying. And um, he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he goes, love you, bro. And I was like, hmm. He goes, ask anyone who knows me. I do not say that. I don't say that to people. Which is so ironic that me giving him a little, me taking the time to love him the way that Jesus does and to give him just a little bit of time. Again, this is such a small example, but just taking the little bit of time and, and hearing God and saying, hey, love on my treasure. Love what I love. And, and I am one of, he's probably said I, love, he said I love you to me once, and he's probably said that to me more than the majority of his family, his own family. Guys, I'm going to actually close with this. I, I, I feel like God doesn't really need much further to go. The way that I love my little girl and my little boy, if you get the chance, they'll probably be running in here in a little while whenever I go pick them up. Macy's eight, Brody's three. They are my heartbeat. Apart from God, there, there's, there's nothing that comes even close to those two little angels. Could you imagine being Abraham and that moment when God asked him to give up his son? And how he loved on God so much that he, he jumped to it. 
He was just going to go out and do it. God stopped and thank you, Jesus. But could you imagine having to do that with your little ones? I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine giving up my little girl or my little boy for anything. God came down and flesh, robed himself in flesh. And he gave his life. God watched his boy go through some pain. He watched him get crucified. He came down himself. And he even fought with it, knowing his purpose here, knowing why he was here in the garden. He tried to get out of it. I don't want to do this, God. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done. Twice. He knew the pain he was about to endure. But he knew it had to be done because he loved you so much. He even took the place of a murderer. Most of us probably wouldn't associate with murderers. But God loves that person. He proves it in the scripture how much he loves that person, that he traded his life for a murderer's life so that he could show you how to love. He loved Barabbas. It takes us taking a step towards him. I said everything that I have said today, everything that God's given me I've said to get to this point. How do I love like that? We read it a little earlier. In the spirit, only in the spirit can you love like this. We sang a song, and I would like to actually flip the words around. We sang, will you meet me here again? I would like to actually flip that around to God saying, will you meet me here again? It takes action from us to take a step towards God. God's already at your door. He's already there knocking. Are we going to open that door? Are we going to take a step towards him? You know, the only reason we have the opportunity, man, Chuck said it this last week. If you weren't here for Chuck's message, phenomenal message on metamorphosis and transformation. It says, we get saved by believing in Jesus, but we get transformed by believing like him. Do you know that the only reason you even get the opportunity to believe in him in the first place? Like we have to take the step to believe in him. But the only reason we even get the opportunity to believe in him is because he believed in us first. But are we going to believe in him? He said, hey, you need to believe in me for salvation. But the reason you even get to is because I believe in you. We're all waiting on God to perform some supernatural thing in our lives when he's been there the whole time waiting for us to take a step towards him. He needs you. Will you move towards him?
while hanging on the cross, there were two men, one on each side of him. One of them is blaspheming him. If you're the son of God, save yourself and save us. Both of them deserve to be up there. And he's up there dying with them. They deserve to be there. He doesn't. The other man on the other side says, do you not fear God? Do you not know who you're in the presence of? Father, forgive me. What does God do to him? This day you'll be in glory with me. Two men live in identical lives. One of them took a step towards God and the other one didn't. They both had the same opportunity. One missed out, but one was not missing out. One said, God, I am sorry for rejecting you. I'm going to take a step forward. God, I am so afraid of being without you. I love you so much that regardless of the pain, regardless of the hurt, regardless of the persecution, I'm going to feed your sheep. I'm going to love like you, God. If you've done things the same way all of your life, today is the day to do something a little bit different. Today is the day to make a choice a little bit different than you have before. If you would all stand. Well, Dathan, how do I get this spirit that you talk? How do I get within the spirit so that I can love like, because I, you may, if you've made that decision, you know, I want this, whatever it is, I want it. I don't know how to get there. Glad you asked. And Acts, for one, you have to have a relationship with God. You have to know him on a personal level. In order to believe in someone, you have to know who they are. Jesus says, repent to me, God, I am so sorry that I have been rejecting you. I'm so sorry that I have been walking away from you. I don't want to do it anymore. That's the first step, repentance. And it says, and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remissions of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, not you did. These steps aren't, and then you did, but you shall with evidence of speaking in other tongues. You want God's spirit today? Take action. Take a step towards God. If you would all go ahead and bow your heads. Those of you who want to take that step, those of you who want to take action today, God, I'm tired of living this life. I'm tired of what I thought love was. I'm tired of living a monotonous, meaningless life, God. I want to live the superior life that you said in Scripture. I want to live a superior life. And the only way to do that is through your spirit in order to love like you love, in order to follow you, in order to hear you, in order to be able to be in complete obedience to you. I have to have a relationship with you, and I want that today. I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I want to change today. 
we have the opportunity to do that today. You have the, you have the choice whether to remain in his spirit. You have the choice to jump in and out of his spirit. And he's okay with that. He's okay with the stumbling. He's okay with the, he's okay with the imperfections. He's okay. He's okay with you being exactly where you are today. He can work with that. He doesn't put us in every situation, but he does use every situation for good. We're going to go into a moment of worship. And if you want to make that change day, if you want to receive him, God, I'm sorry for refusing you. I'm sorry for rejecting you. That's the first step. Repent. Be back. If you've already gone through this and you're like, God, I just, I want, I want a renewing of what that was like. You know, I, re- I remember the first time that I received your spirit. And man, it just, it feels like so long. Or it feels like I've been out of it so long, God, that, that you've, just, you've just left me. You know, crazy thing about developing a relationship with somebody, there's accountability now. God's moving. You're going to move with him. You opened the door and you gave him permission into you to hold you accountable. Are you going to move when he moves? Are you going to stay when he stays? Are you going to be completely obedient to him? You're welcome to come to the front. You're welcome to, you're welcome to take that step towards him. God, I love you. Now show me how to love. Fill me with your spirit. I want to be in your spirit all day, every day. Because I am afraid of being without you. Guests, thank you so much for being here today. You are welcome to leave if you would like. But if you want to take that step, if it's the first time that you've had an opportunity to take that step, feel free to do so. We're going to have prayer partners up here. God's not going to embarrass you. God is a gentleman. He's not going to make you look like a fool out here. God wants to give you a great first impression as well. He, he wants to love on you. God wants to show you first what it's like to be loved so that you can actually give away his love. Reach out for him now. Don't leave this place without filling his arms wrap around you, without filling his spirit, without receiving his spirit. God wants to love you. Do you love me? Feed my sheep.